This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 26, 2010. Built to last, marriage. One note about today's sermon, we will be talking about marriage. And some of the subjects included may not be suitable for children. that are built to last in spite of mouth guards and nose strips and potato skins. Marriages that are built to last. That's what we're talking about this morning. Marriages that are built to last. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today, for bringing us here God, we um, pray that you'll open each one of our hearts and that the message that's shared today will uh, be used for your glory in whatever way you would see fit. God, we all admit that we're sinners saved by your grace and that your grace does cover us, so we thank you for that. We pray all this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. So as we said, built to last. We're, we're talking about marriages that are built to last. You know, marriages that are solid, marriages that go the distance, marriages that weather the challenges of life, marriages that are built to last. Now we know that everyone here in this room is not married, and we trust that God will use this message in your lives in some way. Maybe it would be a conversation with a friend soon or eventually, or maybe in a relationship that God has in mind for your future. And so the question is, what do we need to do in order to have marriages that are built to last? How can we have marriage relationships that beat the odds, do not become just another statistic? Is it possible to choose to have a marriage that goes the distance and is fulfilling rather than one that doesn't and isn't? So let's start with Scripture. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 2. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. The two are united into one. And we think this is at the very center of marriages that are built to last. It means that we're no, it's no longer about you and me. It's about we. It's about us.
I choose us. I choose us. What would happen if in our marriages we started thinking in these terms, I choose us? If us came before anything else except for our relationship with Jesus Christ? What would happen if I choose us became our battle cry? Mm. So, how do we play that out? One of the greatest challenges to marriages that are built to last, one of the greatest challenges to this us that we talk about is infidelity. Infidelity takes a lot of forms. The one most of us probably think of first is cheating, uh, having an affair, committing adultery, whatever label you want to put on it. And this really is kind of a no-brainer. Commandment number seven, five words, takes care of it. You shall not commit adultery. It, it couldn't be more plain. It couldn't be more simple. You know, there's no exclusion clauses in there, no what-ifs or no if-onlys, no you-didn'ts. It's very simple. You shall not. Now, unfaithfulness is a very, very powerful force when it comes to dismantling the marriage. And here's why. It's the greatest enemy of us. It's a great enemy of us. That's because when we cheat, when we're unfaithful, when we commit adultery, there is no us in that picture. It's all about me. And I allow me to do whatever I want to do. It's all about me. And there is no us. And I've destroyed us in my decision. And so then the question becomes, what constitutes cheating? What does it mean to be unfaithful? Do I actually physically have to have contact with someone else? And if so, how much? How far can I go? Well, the thing is, if, if you have to ask that question, you're probably already in trouble. But let's see what Jesus says. Why don't I read it? Yeah. <laughs> Since I'm supposed to. Okay. In fact, I'll even read it right from the Scripture, since that's what I plan to do. Matthew 5, 27 through 28. You've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, to every, to, I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, adultery, cheating, affairs never just happen. Oh, I've heard people, nobody in here, of course, say it just happened. No, it doesn't just happen. We allow things to happen. We allow ourselves to do things that actually open the door for things to progress. We allow these conversations to take a little bit longer. We allow ourselves to you know, engage in a kind of conversation that really is not appropriate at all with the opposite sex. We allow openings that create this, this door that we should not go down. So how far uh, can we go? Does an affair always have to be physical? Well, no, it doesn't. You ever heard the expression, an emotional affair? 
Yeah. It's possible to get so emotionally wrapped up in another person, person who's not our spouse, that we're having an affair, whether we realize it or not. And you know how you know? <laughs> because this relationship, this, the thoughts, this interaction that you have emotionally takes attention away from your spouse. And it redirects your thoughts away from your spouse. And when that happens, us suffers. And so uh, relationships of those type outside the marriage are one of the greatest challenges to the us. Another one of the greatest challenges to marriage, uh, marriages that are built to last, is internet pornography. Here's the real challenge. You know, we think, well, why are we talking about that here in church? Uh, that certainly isn't here. Not so. A 2003 survey from Internet Filter Review, it's a review, I think, designed to put filters on your computer to keep that stuff from coming in, it reported that 47% of Christians admit that pornography is a major problem in their homes. 47% Christians. That's virtually half. That's a serious and intense problem right here in River City. Yeah. Well, a 2006 study says that when a spouse learns of pornography, it virtually has the same impact as if um, learning of an affair. That the impact is, is so great and so devastating and it's actually a significant factor that can lead to divorce. And it's just not men who are doing this. The statistics show that it is 72% men, but 28% women. So women, we are not, you know, Lily White here, 28%. And here's the thing. The studies show that women are far more likely to act out their behaviors in real life according to this particular study. And why are we sharing this today? Because it's so easy to fall into. You know, in the old days, you'd have to get in your car and go to one of those stores around, and people would see your car. And go, oh, oh, oh. Now, you've got the privacy of your home, though, and you, you know, you can, or maybe you're just curious. One time, Carrie typed something, and it was, she was doing a Bible-related, something Jesus, something Jesus, and hit a porn site, because they knew, they, they geared it for people, so let me th tell you, if you're just curious, you can easily find it, but the problem is, once you find it, it'll, it keeps coming, and also, once it gets in your brain, it can become a real problem, it can become very addictive. This is a heads up and a warning to, to everybody. It's, it's totally selfish when we go there because the user gets wrapped up in this, in this fantasy world that really is very far removed from reality. It's this fantasy world that you just can't, the innocent spouse just cannot compete with. It completely destroys one's perspective on sex, on intimacy, on love, on your relationship with your spouse. So no wonder relationships, marriages are destroyed. 
Now, here's the reality. Some, some of you here today are battling with this. I mean, it's not because I have special knowledge. It's just statistics and studies would, would indicate that. For some, it's even an addiction. For, for others, it's not yet, but that could be coming. Either way, some of you, it's got a hold on you, and it's destroying or will destroy your marriage. That's for sure. Um, and we're pur- our purpose here in talking about this isn't to condemn or to judge, but uh, is to hopefully offer you some hope and some opportunity to realize that there is a place where you can get help and you don't have to give up. Um, it's on the Internet, actually. There's a, there's a place on the Internet that's especially geared to help people with this particular problem. It's a website called www.xxxchurch.com. Triple X Church. Get it? Triple X Church. Dot com. And that website is entirely dedicated to this challenge. And it has all kinds of places, opportunities there, or places to go from there to get help. You know, like filters for your computer that can keep the stuff from coming in, or it can monitor. And if you have an accountability person, uh, let them know that you maybe went someplace where you shouldn't just to help keep you accountable you recognize that this is a problem. There are some uh, personal workshops on here to help you recognize if it's a problem and to help you work through that. It's Christian-based. That's why it says www.xxxchurch.com. It's Christian-based. And then the other thing, in addition to that, we're here to help as well. Again, our purpose here isn't to condemn or to judge, but to try to help. And if we don't have the tools, we will help you find people who have the tools to help you with this challenge. Again, our purpose is not to judge, but to help you because we want each and every person here to be healthy and to have healthy marriages. And so we're going to do anything we possibly can to try to see that that happens. Okay, so we've kind of jumped in the deep end of the pool today, haven't we? (laughs) Hello, everybody. Hello. (laughs) Still dripping. You know, I, I have to say... I'm not really that comfortable up here talking about this because I know it's a difficult thing for all of us to address this right here in church. But this really isn't our idea. We've been convicted by the Holy Spirit to share this message, and we've been obedient to that. And we trust that it's going to land where it needs to land in each one of our lives. Plus, if we're not going to look at it and deal with it in church from a Christian perspective, where else will we do it? This is exactly the place where we need to deal with challenges of this nature. Okay, so what about those cases when there is no affair, there's no internet pornography that's tearing up the marriage? There are a lot of other things that can come between us. A lot of other things that are tearing relationships up that tear us up. Maybe you're reading books or or magazines or watching movies, exchanging photographs, having telephone conversations, email conversations, texting conversations, Facebook conversations that don't honor us. Maybe you're writing songs or writing stories or writing poetry that are less than honoring to your spouse, 
and to God. Maybe you're spending too much time looking at billboards or posters, I don't know, other images that maybe aren't pornography, but that take you someplace where your mind should not go, and it causes a division in us. And there's still other plenty of things that can tear marriages apart. Alcohol, drugs, gambling, out-of-control spending, out-of-control working. You know, the list goes on. And, of course, there are some other, I say less dramatic, but pretty serious things that have gone to can really tear a marriage apart and have its effect on a marriage, keeping it built from built to last. Maybe, maybe you've gotten to the point in your marriage where you, where you just don't feel like you're in love anymore. Or, or maybe you've gotten to the point where you're just not in like anymore. That sometimes is even more challenging. You, you just feel like you just don't even like that person, that wife or husband that you're supposed to be traveling through life with. Maybe you've grown apart. They don't listen. <laughs> you don't listen. I got, we got nothing in common, maybe you're thinking. Or maybe you'd rather spend time alone than spend it with the person you've pledged your life to, that spouse, that husband or wife. And so if you feel any of these things, or maybe there are other things that are getting in the way of your marriage so that your marriage can be all that it can be, getting in the way of us, again, we say, don't stay in that place. I mean, stay in that place, <laughs> but don't stay in that place. Get help. <laughs> Seek help. Remember that there is no challenge in your life that can't be overcome with the help of Jesus Christ. God is the one who gives us the strength. And we are not saying, and we want everybody to hear this loud and clear, we are not saying stay in that place if you're, get, if you're being abused. We're not talking about abusive relationships. Remember that God is the great physician. God is the great healer. That God resurrects the dead, even dead relationships. Even dead marriages. God can help you deal with whatever challenges that you're facing and heal your marriage if you give God a chance. So check this out. What if, what if you go to God, and instead of asking God to change your partner, that's a pretty popular thing, dear Lord, please make her whatever, or him, or whatever. Yeah, I, I see it's, many of us have had that prayer, too. Okay. Instead of doing the change my partner prayer, because you know what? That ain't going to work, is it? No. What if instead of asking to change your partner, you ask God this question? Dear God, what do I have to get rid of? How do I have to change? What do I have to do in order for both of us to be able to say, I choose us? In other words... Have I done everything I can, Lord, everything you would call me to do, Lord, in order to be able to say, I'm choosing us rather than choosing me? Now, I'm going to give you a little warning. Be careful when you say this prayer. Because if you say it and you seriously mean it, God will deliver and will quite clearly give you a list of things that you can change. And he does it with me all every time I give him the prayer, I get a list. And I'm sure you will too, because none of us is perfect. 
Okay, so after we talk to God with that prayer, next step might be to talk to your spouse. And what would happen if we asked our spouse this question? What do I have to do to get rid of, or how do I have to change, or what has to happen in order for you to say, I choose us? In other words, are you willing to allow yourself to be that vulnerable? And when you ask your spouse that question, please listen to the answer. Don't blow him or her off and just say, put it down or disregard it. Ask that question and really listen to that answer. Because if something comes back that seems to be a wedge in us, it's worth really talking about and digging into. And so maybe now you're thinking, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm willing, <laughs> but my partner isn't. You don't know my partner, Alan. <laughs> you don't know what I'm dealing with. Doesn't matter. Like we said before, you can't force your partner to change. You can't. Um, you know it, we know it. You can't force anybody else into unconditional love. But there is one person that you can control. Amen? And that would be you. That would be me. We can offer unconditional love. And see, that's the whole thing about unconditional love. See, it's conditional if we say, well, I'll show it if she or if he. That you just, the if clause puts a condition on it. Unconditional means I'm going to show it no matter what they do. That's not going to have a bearing on my um, uh, behavior, activity, or how I'm going to treat that other person. Yeah. Unconditional love means we're going to show it no matter what the other person does or doesn't do. And so then we will be saying, for the sake of you, for the sake of them, for the sake of us, I'm going to do this. A couple of years ago, there was a, a movie out that was called Fireproof. How many people saw Fireproof? Yeah, it's quite, quite an incredible movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, there's this character, there's this guy who was doing something that was really tearing apart his marriage, although he didn't acknowledge it or really believe that it, that it was. And he was about to lose his wife altogether. She was, you know, out the door, and he decided to participate in a 40-day love dare. And so for 40 days, he did things for his spouse regardless of whether she did anything for him or not. And there were days when he wanted to give up. There were days when he felt like it was all one-sided, and it was. There were many days when he felt like he could not go on. But with God's help, he succeeded. He was able to, for 40 days, he was able to show his wife unconditional love. He did not know what the outcome would be, and he did it anyway. He gave everything he had because he was willing to do whatever it took for the sake of his marriage, for the sake of us. Okay, so we would, if you haven't seen the movie, we encourage you to see it. There's also the book, The Love Dare. This is a pretty cool book because it's got this 40-day love challenge in it. So I encourage you, if you 
can get the book. But we're also going to make this even easier. We're not going to give books out. This isn't Oprah or anything like that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, but, um, but we've taken the actual dare part, and, and it's better if you can read the whole book, but this, this would be worth and, 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 and we are... Um, we're going to offer a challenge, a dare, to each and every married person here today. And this is a dare whether your marriage is the best it's ever been. You can't imagine things getting any better. Or you feel like you don't know if it's going to last another day. Either end or someplace in between, we're going to challenge you. We're going to dare you to take the 40-day love dare. We have, you need to have pretty good eyes to see this. You might have to have your partner read it for you or something. But your, your spouse read it for you. But you'll be able, you'll be okay. And, and, and it's 40 days. And um, here's the thing, okay? I'm daring you to do it. I'm, I'm daring myself. I'm going to do it. I tried before. I cut you. I'm going to do it too. So I'm not asking you to do something I'm not going to do. But here's the thing. You say, 40 days? Oh, my goodness. That's, that's over a month. <laughs> wow. Wow. You'll be done before Christmas. <laughs> you say, well... What if it doesn't work? You've never wasted 40 days before? The question is, what if it does work? What if as a result of this, you have realizations about the relationship that you never, your relationship goes to places and you have opportunity to understand and, and connect with your spouse like you never dreamed of? Think of that possibly. Instead of being negative, oh, it's not going to work. Think about how it is going to work. So we're going to give you that dare, and it's 48, but it might be more because you might get on step number three and go, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can. It might take you three days to just wrap your brain around it. That's okay. Hang in there. Your brain will wrap. Pray hard. God will see you through. Then you can move. Just give you an example. Day one, resolve to say nothing negative to or about your spouse today. I know some, it's going to be a challenge, but you can do it. If it means just staying quiet all day, you can do it. You can do it. But, you know, that's day one. And it gets, it gets more exciting from there. I'm going to put out that challenge to each and every married person here today. So marriage can be really challenging and it can be rewarding. We've been married for 32 years and... It's been both. It's been both. And we've shared openly about our struggles, about some of the dark times, as well as the great times. There are, there are those times in all marriages, all marriages. You know, there are, are times when no matter what someone does, they can't carry it for both partners. And that's really, really painful when one person's all in and the other person has totally checked out. It takes 100% for both partners, of both partners, for marriages to not only last, but to thrive. And we know that there are times when it's tough to give 100%. There are times when I can't give 100% and Alan has to pick up the slack. But if that happens for too long, that's not healthy either. The other thing we all want you to always remember is this. The evil one, Satan, 
loves to destroy marriages. When Carrie and I came up and started this church, you know, we have to constantly be on guard because we know Satan would like nothing better than to destroy our marriage because it would not only destroy us, it could, uh, the pebble in the pond would destroy four children, uh, uh, their, you know, the relations it would have an effect on their relationships, grandchildren, but especially it would have a severe tearing apart in the church. And so we've never even been close to the, the divorce thing, but whenever, you know, things get challenging, we just got to say, you know, we have to be very careful because Satan would love to destroy what we have going on here. And we he haven't love... been close to the divorce thing, though, because we've chosen right. to say we will never go there. Believe me, we've had issues that... Anyway. <laughs> but... But we huh. choose to not mm. have that in our vocabulary. Mm. It's like Billy Graham's wife, they asked her, did you ever consider a divorce? She said, no. Murder? Yes. Divorce? No. <laughs> well, that, that's my <laughs> mantra. <laughs> divorce? No. <laughs> But, but Satan, as we've shared before, loves. His, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Read it in John 10.10. Jesus tells us, steal, kill, and destroy. Loves to steal the joy we have in our marriage, to kill the love we share with our spouse, and to destroy the intimacy that we share with that one other person, our, our, our spouse. And Satan will use anything, anything possible, to come between you and your spouse, your husband, your wife, the person you're traveling through life with, and, and, we incur- and, and, and Satan's going to do anything possible to encourage you not to say, I choose us. And on the other hand, God wants what's best for you. God created marriage. God wanted it to be beautiful, to bring a husband and wife together, to be united, to be us. We've seen marriages that we thought most definitely were headed down that path, and God has been able to turn those marriages around. God is the great physician. There is really nothing that is not conquerable. With God, all things are possible. We say that. Through God's power, through God's mercy, forgiveness, grace, healing, marriages can be restored. No matter how difficult or challenging your marriage may seem, dare, dare to give God a chance to heal it. And even if your marriage is the greatest marriage you know, God can even make good even better. Amen? Amen. And so just imagine if I choose us would became the battle cry of every married couple in this congregation. I choose us. I'm choosing us. You know, we encourage all who are married, all those who may one day be married, to to focus not on the the me and the you, but on the us, to be faithful in all ways. And let me say that again, to be faithful in all ways, to seek God's help and strength in all aspects of your marriage, and know, as we say so many times, that through God, all things are possible. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Oh, God, um, this has been a, really a, a, a tough message to stand and give 
Um, but we also know that you've called us to do that. God, we pray that these words that we've shared will land exactly where you need them to land, no matter who's in this room and what our circumstances are. God, we thank you so much for Jesus, who is the great physician, the healer. And help us turn to Christ in all things. Whether we're in a marriage relationship that is um, really challenging at this point, or whether we're, we're in a good place, or wherever we are in life, God, we just turn to you. For you never let us go. We're never out of your grip. We thank you and we praise you for Jesus, for the love that Jesus pours out on us so lavishly and help us love one another in that way. We pray this in your most holy and precious name. And all of Connection Church said, Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.